In this episode, we discuss whether or not an open-world Diablo is the future of the series. We discuss a toxic X that we cannot get enough of. And then we talk about which baddie should come back for the expansion in Diablo 4. Welcome to Season 4. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this video game worth your time? Welcome to Season 4. I am one of your hosts, Michael. I spent 52 hours with Diablo 4, but it took me 25 hours and 36 minutes to finish the campaign. I do think Diablo 4 is worth your time, even if I'm finding it hard to go back to, which we shall discuss at length. And I am his brother, the other co-host, Larry. I have put in 186 hours into this game somehow already. (laughs) And so I absolutely recommend it. However, I'm a little concerned about the longevity of where it's headed. And we can talk about that. Larry, the first game of season four. How are you feeling? (laughs) Well, I'm feeling really good. You know, this is the first time also, by the way. We didn't do a season wrap-up for three, so it feels like it's been forever since I've talked to you guys. Which, <laughs> depending on when this releases, we might do a year wrap-up at the end of this year. Just as the year in general, not podcast year. But yes, it does feel like it's been a very long time. Diablo 4, though, Larry, your most anticipated game of 2023. And it's, got, it's starting off season four. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better game for me to start off this season. I will say it's kind of interesting for me. I think... The way that this game is designed, and you can just tell me where the heck you want to tackle this game first, because there's a lot to talk about, but uh, I think it lived up to my expectations. It's just the way that the game is designed endgame, the way that I tend to play and the most and vast majority of my playtime is put into. That works. Does that work? (laughs) I think it works. I'm not sure if the open world nature of the game fits with it. Because most of the time is spent me going from teleporter to Nightmare Dungeon. Because you can teleport to the Nightmare Dungeon. You don't have to run to it. And you just do that all the time. Or I just run into the Helltide. I'm not discovering the open world anymore. I'm not. There's not events out in the open world that are really worthy of in-game stuff. And so I think they got to find a way to get people to want to go out and explore the overworld again. Uh, someone who didn't play Diablo 3 seasonal content, is that more in line with D3? Yes, very much so. Which is... But I think my biggest takeaway would be I wonder if open world was the right way to go. I think for the campaign, it worked pretty well. Yeah, I would say. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, we'll was de- it was definitely fun discovering the map for the first time. But I feel like you need to, since you did all that work, you need to give people a reason to want to go back out and explore the world. And that's not I, I feel existing like that's right a, now. That, that in itself is also a double-edged sword because people have already done that, so they do want something new. Well, well what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is, so like, so for season one, it's the season of the malignant, as they call it. And so there's like these little malignant tunnels that pop up all over the map, right? And some of those enemies can spawn in just regular areas. And outside of where the map tells you the malignant tunnels are, when you're running around the overworld, it feels like they need to find a way to incorporate new fresh stuff happening in the overworld. So maybe a grind session could literally be, hey, let's just go hop on horseback and run around a big circle on this map and see what we discover. Let's see all the new stuff uh, we run it, into. It's not doesn't have that appeal to it. Yes. I got you. Yes. Okay. And I feel like with an open world, you need that. That's the point of the open world yes. is you want to go out and be discover what's in the world. There's not a lot of that. I, I think what the interesting part about this game style what it does is you're grinding for loot and gear. It almost 
doesn't work in that regard mm. once you get to the end game. Yes. Agreed. And so that's kind of why there's a part of me that just wonders if they needed like the open. I'm wondering, I guess I'm just curious what they're going to do with the open world as seasons two, three, four, five progress, right? Honestly, I feel like it's going to be new dungeon segments and they're not going to utilize the under the open world mm. like you want them to. Yeah. And I don't know which way is the correct way. Well, again, you have to figure out who you catering towards, right? Are you catering towards the Twitch and diehard YouTubers who absolutely want what's happening right now, but they just want, I think they do. The synopsis that I've gotten is it seems like most people want there to be a little bit more. They want a little bit better class balance. So I guess I don't see a lot of people complaining about the open traversing world. the open well because world. it's one of the things is they consider it all tedious they're all trying to min max and make it as quick yes. as possible and that's that's why i was saying i don't yeah. know if it's the right choice because that lengthens the game time where you have to grind if you're moving from area to area Agreed, which yeah. i think would be a benefit but also for the type of players that generally yes. gravitate towards gravitate towards end game i don't think they want that yeah, but you, I, you're different, though. No, agreed. Like, So it's sitting, it is Wednesday, August 16th right now, right? And so I... Yeah, am, so we were recording this very early. <laughs> so for me, I am currently level 73, I believe, on my character. And I know 75 is the halfway point. For season one? For season one. So yeah, so I, I had a necromancer. I made it to 75 and then just decided I'll wait for season one. So 75 is the halfway point in the leveling game. So from zero to 100, 75 is halfway. And so... The idea that I've seen so many people who have had multiple level 100 characters already, and you see the amount of time I've put into it, it's there. It's a heck of a grind. It's yeah. gotten a little bit easier because they just recently increased, they did a patch where they increased how many minions are in Helltides and Nightmare Dungeons. And those areas now, it feels a little more like D3 because you're just blowing the crap out of minions all over the place. So I, I appreciate that. But again, that's seasonal based. I like the idea of seasons. I think they need to get more creative for the future. You're not playing the season. So I think we should probably roll this whole conversation back. Let's start with the campaign. Diablo 4 was developed by Blizzard Entertainment and published by Activision on June 6, 2023. Larry, the campaign, the onset, the beginning. Tell me, what what are you feeling? I think Act 1 was incredibly well done. I, I felt Act 1, I think it set the tone really, really well. Uh I believe, actually, even for me, the first two acts were pretty well done. I, I One of my favorite, we'll get into it, one of my favorite boss fights happens within those two acts. Ooh, uh, I think I know which one you're talking about, but I'm not 100% sure. It's <laughs> uh, kind of exciting. We are going to spoil this game eventually, but we will let you know. Yes. Either timestamp or verbally, like, here you go, time yeah. to get out. But we are going to discuss all the elements of this game. But I definitely think, like, at least for me, like, from the onset, I was just fascinated with Lilith as a character. I thought Lilith was just fantastic. I was constantly intrigued. Whenever she popped up on screen, I was 100% captivated. I wanted to see what she would do. I think it's an act two where they have that scene where I'm forgetting the guy's name, Dor Doran, where he, like, opens up the door and it's just like this red silhouette and she's yes. standing there. Yes. I cannot think of the guy's name off the top of my head, but that that imagery is just mm -hmm. so strong. I, I would argue the weakness of the game. There, there's twofold. I do think they gave you the uh, freedom of choice, right? You could tackle the axe how you wanted. I was, I remember rolling my eyes a little bit when I first heard that that was a possibility because it's so hard to write a really good story with the understanding that the story kind of, they're not, 
there's going to be a little bit of non-interconnectivity because you can't have something be spoiled. If you go and do Act 3 and you haven't done Act 1, you can't have that spoiled for people. Or, you know, do Act 2, haven't done Act 1. It's a and very fine balance. It is. And I kind of think one of the... Diablo has two strengths, at least as a series for me, and it's always had this. Diablo 3, maybe you could argue, didn't have it as good as 2 and possibly 4. But that is, you either play the game through for the campaign and just experience the story and experience those unbelievable CGs that Blizzard always does. Oh, those cutscenes, yeah. Or you play and grind with your friends and you just have fun. And it's usually one of those two camps people fall into. And that's fantastic. I would argue in this game, you didn't have as tight-knit of a story as I thought thought it was going to have because it did feel like acts three and four especially like we kind of lost track of Lilith she became that we knew she was out there <laughs> we were catching up to her and it, it felt a little bit like a lot of the other Diablo stories where we were always just a little bit behind the bosses and I yeah. get it you got to do it that way but it's like you've done that for Diablo 2 you did it for Diablo 3 now you did it for Diablo 4 and it's kind of like, yeah, you get it, a little more creative. That's a good point. I don't know how you would do it, but storytelling has happened where the the boss comes in early, the main boss, and you figure out a workaround or they beat you or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. So they do need to switch it up a little bit, I think. Yeah, it's it's definitely time. And again, we'll see what happens with the expansion. We'll maybe talk about like predictions for it and stuff like that. But yeah, it's so for me, I kind of felt like this entire campaign was front and back loaded for me personally i got most of my fun pay that's not to say acts two three and four and five actually five was had some really good moments in it it was a shorter one but they were decent opposite i think four is a short one it was four yeah. okay yeah so but acts one and six i think were kind of the strong points for me personally so let's just talk about favorite acts then <laughs> i suppose that kind of fits in i would agree the onset of act one is very good it Definitely sets the tone, like you're saying. I agree with all that. I think my favorite ones, though, are four and six, which is funny because those are the shorter ones. Yes. And I generally, well, I'm trying to think. You know, the argument I would make, though, is I actually, if you look at like spots on the map, it kind of feel, I, I feel like act one is the most fleshed out. Like there was the most to do. Not to say that it necessarily was the long, it was one of the longer acts, if not the longest. I, I feel like act three was in, incredibly I think it's, long. it goes one, three, and five are the long ones. Okay. Uh, maybe two a little bit too just with like points of interest and spots that we had to do and maybe it's because it was the introductory act it felt like it was more fleshed out than a lot of the other acts and again to your point act four so that was the this, this speedy one I actually really appreciated that we got a lot and a little bit of time the thing that doesn't work for act four is like you were saying it is a diversion from Lilith and are chasing her down so the only reason it works for me, though, is because it's more truncated, and I really, really like the boss fight. I think it's oh my gosh, yeah. We'll, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, so we'll get we'll, yeah we'll <laughs> so. yeah we'll get to the spoilers here soon. But I think the the pacing, the way I can frame it is when we talked season three Elden Ring. Thank you for checking that out. If you like that, please give us a like, a shout out, whatever you want to do. It did get a little long winded. Like Elden Ring, I had an attrition. Okay, effect. I'm really glad you brought this up. By time I got to Act, it was actually it happened to me as early as Act Three. I started noticing I was paying attention. Like, oh my gosh, I still have Acts Four, Five, and Six to go. 
I started occasionally having that thought in my head, like while this is dragging. I definitely hit that at five. A, yeah, five. I mean, five is when it hit me the hardest, but three was the point where I, I started noticing it happening, which is why four I think was so refreshing. And but I think, yeah, and, the, and the weird part is, I think there's stuff in Act Three that I really liked, and definitely some returning characters that you get to see. But yeah, there's something. I think it does go with the fact of the choice of where you can go, which should make it more appealing. Hmm. But because it breaks it up in a weird way, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, the thing in the open world too that I really started getting sick and tired of, and I think this is where like the more hub-based with like just expanses of maps really might benefit a game like this more is I started getting so sick and tired of just ha- it was like, okay, here's a follower where they're going to follow us or we're going to follow them. There must have been over a hundred <laughs> times in the game when that happened, and I'm just like probably that that egregious, but it seems like it yeah, when you're playing the game for that long. And but the problem is, is like when you're going through, because like when you have an open world like this, and don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful open world. There is a lots of fascinating oh, yeah. areas. The issue is, is because it's segmented by like here's the volcano area, here's the sand area, here's the snow area. Once you got into the snow area, which was really cool when you first hit it. It was a lot of the same minus a couple of points of interest. And so when you were having to be like, you had to backtrack up to a spot because you hadn't gotten the teleporter yet. It was just like you're going through terrain that is kind of the same a lot of the time. Which is really funny because a comparison to like D2, those terrains were segmented into specific acts. So you would technically get tired of them, but it was more cohesive. I you guess know, You know, in a really weird way, because like, again, so both me and you play or I can't remember if you did. But I, I beat Diablo 2 Remake before I played Diablo 4. That was like my thing that I it's went and did. Resurrected. Resurrected, excuse me. <laughs> it is Whatever. a remake, but yes. It is a remake, yeah. Uh, so did I. Looking at that game now in comparison now that I've had time to think about it, like the map still for some reason feels more diverse in D2, even though it's technically not. There's something about the way the maps are laid out that what, when what feels more diverse? The map, the locations, like the from, feel from D4 or D2. You so said D2. D2, yeah, sorry, D2 actually feels like there's more stuff going oh, on. Oh, gotcha. And I think it's because like you go from one location and then all of a sudden you're in like the swamp area, right? You feel like you're in a new spot. Where in D4, the nature and the problem, if you don't do an open world right, is it just feels like I. Just they, you could almost see. It's almost like the Mario effect. You can see. Oh, I get what you're they, saying. They built the map and then they just dropped points of interest on it. And you're I referencing just, Bowser's Fury. Yes. How, like it was just different. Yeah. Islands. And that's true. The transition periods between areas in D4, it like needed a longer, like, tile screen or something yep. like that. Agreed. It, it's just so there's like a little bit of a disconnect with me there where <laughs> uh, it makes me think about this. Because this world is beautifully crafted, but I agree. it's it. The diversity is there, but it just makes it weird because you'll be talking to a town and you'll go down one horse ride to the yeah. south and there's a cannibal city. It's yep. like, why would anybody live this close <laughs> to a cannibal city? It doesn't make any yeah. sense. You know, and the thing that's crazy about it, though, too, is at least for me, that you, you said you brought up Elden Ring. That is what was so goddamn special about that game is... They did transitions from location to location so correct. And that's why open world is such a tricky thing to hit right. And because so many games have gone open world since like 2017 or so forward. Oh, before that. Oh, even before that. Yeah. It's just 
we're all we can all get open world fatigue so much quicker than we used to and so it's just i really think i would argue if i had to make a prediction i would prefer diablo 5 goes and again that's like 10 15 years from now but like that i would like that to go back to hub city with like locations that we transfer around and just focus on have a team that just works on this spot and then have instead of figuring out okay we're doing the snow section. We're doing the sand section. How do we make the transition work? You're and, butting up against each other. And though. here's the thing. That's not saying the open world's bad. I think that open world is crafted well. And it's diverse. It's crazy. There's a lot of cool different there's set areas. There's a lot areas, of really cool things to see. And yeah. there's enough to do while you're out there. Maybe not endgame. But I think they need more of the volcano area. I think that lava <laughs> may be the best looking lava I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> but I think the locations are really good. And mm. so we just... <laughs> kind of bashed the open world but it's not bashing it's comparing it to what came before and another thing you probably do not feel this way because i i've not messed with the paragon board because i my main character i stopped at level 51 i believe so i got like four to eight points of paragon so i have not ventured in that i felt this way about d2 and it's the same as d4 i feel like once i lock myself into a build there is very little maneuver maneuverability in that build Whereas D3, I feel like because of how easily you can customize your character, I felt like I had more options, which I know is not true. But when I start, when I got to level about 45 to 50 in that range for my sorceress, I feel like I was just using the same moves over and over again, and I got really bored. Yeah, so... Uh, to the point where I couldn't play it by myself because I was bored. So I will actually let you know. So when I was doing the grind for Season 1... I was actually kind of bored from levels one to like 55. It's a point where I'm like, my gosh, I can't believe they're having me do the renown grind again. Man, I wish the leveling would go a little bit quicker. The thing with D4 is it's kind of two different games because it's it's what you're doing from one to 50. And then it's, I would argue by about 60 on, there's a really weird spot in the game between 50 to 60 where you're not strong enough but really, I mean, I think I switched over to T4, the final nightmare or par whatever. I don't even remember what they called. I can't remember what the difficulty is called. But that difficulty, I think it starts at level 70. But the worlds here, all the monsters you fight are 75 plus. I think I hit like 64 is when I switched up. So from 50-ish to 64, you're stuck in like T3 and you can't gain as much experience very quickly. And so there's this weird spot where you're like, all the unique gear starts dropping in T4, and that's when I can really start adding stuff to my build, possibly, and hope that stuff drops. And then the Paragon boards might be the thing that alleviate that for you because there's a lot of creativity and just crazy builds you can come up with using those Paragon boards. But again, that's a large investment. And it's like you had to kind of get through the boring stuff to get there, which is a shame because that's the problem. But I didn't dislike the campaign because that was my main thing when I play Diablo games. I'm usually never too endgame, endgame grindy type thing. I think with D3, I tried to beat on Inferno or whatever mm -hmm. it was, and I just got stomped before they did the... Can I just boom. add in real quick, though? Like, I think it there's actually a point to be said. The fact that we started this off talking about the axe and it led to the open world, I think is actually that connection is the problem that I struggle with this game is... That map, the acts don't feel like they're separate from each other sometimes yes. with the way the open world is designed. And I think that really hurt the story for me a lot while I was grinding through the story. I won't lie. Like for Axe 3 
And then in act five, both times I was like, there was multiple times I thought to myself, I wouldn't mind this just being over with so I could start getting to the higher levels to play. Because you want so the end game stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want that to happen in a game like this. It's, it's interesting. So do you think there there are more build options in this game? It's just you have to get to the Paragon board? Um, Yes and no. There's... Uh, there, that is one of the struggles. Like I know, again, your class sorceress, sorcerer was uh, one of the ones that definitely struggled for a while. Uh, they that, li- that's okay. Before you, I connect this dot. I'm interrupting. When I hit 51, and then a week later they nerfed everything, and I was like, "All right, so I'm gonna yeah, have to." That was such a disastrous. Decision well, I just part. think about this in general. Is when I have to rely on a developer to balance everything out. I realize that's why I don't play as many that's of these the style of games. Ser- that's a games as a service issue. Yeah. And the grind to get myself better, my character better, is different from when if I play an FPS game like Halo or Apex, which I haven't played Apex in a while, and I know they switch around, you know, characters that are good or bad, hot fixes, whatever. That's why I think I like the disconnect of grinding in a game that it's already set in stone. I know no matter what I do... There's no developer just going to come in and change it. Yeah, that that is definitely a fair point. Uh, I would definitely say that it, that is an issue that it's really having right now more than anything. So, like, when I was the most addicted to Diablo 3, I think it was probably, like, seasons 9 through, like, 15 or 16. And me and my buddy played it, and it was... They kind of had their the swing of things down. So, there wasn't a lot of like build massive switches that would happen to your character during a season or even in the internal realm while waiting for the season to end. The big changes happened once the season hit. And so it was like, okay, you could go into it and be like, okay, they're adding this and this and that. Ooh, I would like to try this. And then two weeks in, they suddenly just nerf it or buff it or do something else. That is what Diablo 4 is struggling with right now. Because on one hand, people are applauding them for trying to fix things and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they even said they shot themselves in the foot with that very patch that nerfed everything. Which has now been fixed. But the problem was, I saw that last mode of it. Like, that's 100%. Gonna, yeah. And that's also going to make your the character not even tied to the season weaker. I'm like, why? Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> I, I, I cannot disagree with that at all. And I think... Like this, the recent patch, like, well, I think they're at 1.1.2. Who knows where they're at by time. They'll be on season (laughs) two by the time you guys listen to this. But that's the problem is you can't just be doing all these patches. I know you want to appease people like, hey, this, there's only one or two viable builds for this class. Sorceress now has quite a few good ones now, finally. But it's like, there are some classes, there's only one or two options that are like end game. And the issue is, I think the majority of people aren't playing that. They'll play it. They're like, hey, I don't need the best build. I just want the build that's fun for me, which is what I tend to do a lot. But when you all of a sudden log on one day and there's a big patch that happened, it sucks. Like, I don't want to have to look through the patch and be like, okay, did they screw up my character? Like, why is it not working as well? That's tedious, and I don't like that. Yeah. And I think it comes down to this, this style of game I'm just moving a little bit away from as the years goes on because I was very excited for this game. It was my number one most excited game um, in 2022 when it got announced. So not in 23, but 22. And I really like this game, but it, I'm, I don't think I love this style of game as that's, much that's as I fair. anymore because I just I prefer it to be me building my skill versus 
finding gear to get my character better. There's definitely a difference there. Oh, hundred percent. I, I, I think I don't know if I agree with you on that one because like I have some games that I definitely like building my skill and getting better and kind of using like my tactics for stuff. But there's also the point where like I just a lot of times can't handle the sweatiness of those skill things anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I do kind of like the fact that like I'm looking for like that casino role of like a good set of gear or something like that. That's but true. It, it, I think it, varies it might be a forth. feel type mm -hmm. a year, right? This year yeah. I'm not feeling this as much as I did. I mean, you picked the right year. There's a million games that came out. <laughs> That's very true. Do you think the? I think the class selection's good. I think the builds within there is good. It, it got boring to me, but mm -hmm. I think overall there's enough... If you really love this game, there you go. Like, well, and the thing is, is like you have between the Paragon board, between the legendary socketing, you know, you can find like a good just yellow drop, which used to be junk in D three, and turn it into a legendary item, which is want. very cool. Uh, the ability now to have like these malignant hearts, I think, are fantastic. There's a part of me that would love them to just season two is basically the malignant hearts plus something else because it just adds to more build diversity and. It allows you to just do things with your character you could have never done in the regular game, but they won't do that because they're the yeah, yeah. yeah. A season has to feel fresh. Yep. So they gotta scrap that. So this is gonna be our spoiler wall. We're gonna talk about the story and favorite bosses and all that jazz. So if you don't want to listen to that, that is totally fine. If you have enjoyed this though, please again like it, share it, send it to a random friend out on the interwebs, or you know if you're sitting next to someone, be like, listen to this right here. It's time. <laughs> Two brothers bantering and discussing games. Okay. Brother, spoiler, kicked in. What's your prediction for the boss that I talked about for Act 2? The guy on the big demon. Azeroth. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I could not remember the name for life of me. That, there was something. One, the boss fight itself was really cool because it yeah. was like in a fiery town at night. Jumping Again, around. I don't know if like daytime can kick in or something like that, but it was night for me. Uh, that boss design was so cool on top of the fact that what he the mount he was riding was so cool and i, I just that was like one of those bosses where oh, like, okay it's like cerberus right it's a three-head yeah. dock yeah yeah exactly cerberus i was just ex I, that really pumped me up for like oh man there's some real like i can't wait and i won't lie i kind of got let down for some of the bosses further down the line uh but yeah that was a standout i would argue that is either my fr it's tied i have i wrote mine down for my two favorites is 1a and 1b all right, so this is one A or one B. What's yep. what's what's the next one? Uh, th this one, I because for me it was nostalgic. The fight with Andario. That is hands it just, down the best, dude. That fight was so well done, and again, it it made sense because obviously what we had played prior. But it was just it was so cool to see that character come back. And the, the resets, the redesign of her yes. is incredible. She is scary looking. It's just super cool. The music that they use and the way where you're fighting, it's super windy, so you can't see much. Mm -hmm. She just comes at you. It's yeah. like, oh, I, I love it. I think yeah. it's great. I really did like Lilith at the end. I mm -hmm. think that is very close, but I think Andariel is, is there. Yeah, I would argue, so as someone who's played season one, there's a boss in it called Varshan who the mechanics between his character is just unbelievable. The movesets he does and stuff like that. But I would argue nothing has topped the Andariel fight yet. That was an incredible boss fight. Unless you have one that you like better. No. But the weird part with Andariel is how it's set up in the, in the actual story. I was just, I was just So, like I said at the top, uh, or Larry said, 
you kind of you're focusing on chasing Lilith, but then you get this little side diversion, and and Daryl is one of it. She gets taken. She her vessel is the wow. I forgot her name. One of the side characters, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the weird part is, I could see it going two ways. One, uh, Lorath is saying, "End of the world if this prime evil comes or a, a lesser evil mm-hmm. comes into the thing." And one just shows up right outside this little village, and you just kill her, and then you don't talk about it the rest of the game. So it's, there's this big buildup, like, if this person comes, this whole area, this open world that you've been running through, they're, they're done, right? Mm-hmm. And you just take her out, and then we just move along. Yeah, and It's kind of strange. And you do the same thing with, uh, is it Duriel in yes. Act 6? Yes. I, In my head, that's kind of funny to me, because you maybe your character just doesn't know how strong they are, and they're just like, oh, I just killed a lesser evil, and I didn't even know who it was. <laughs> it, it was very nonchalant, the way Which that they I kind described of, it. I kind of like that, but I also have a disconnect with it. So I'm, I'm kind of one of two ways. On some days, I can be like, you know what's kind of interesting? You're like, oh, well, I guess we'll just shut up about talking about the end of the world, because you just just kill, <laughs> killed Andariel so quick. You, you know the weird thing in, it, with connecting all this to the story, too, is, and maybe it's because I just got done with Diablo 2. Obviously, I put a lot of time into Diablo 3. I kind of thought at some point we'd start getting some, and Lilith was the new one, but man, was there a lot of filler again. Like, I feel like the Durials, the Andarials, like, we have, you know, we're always hearing about Mephisto. We're always hearing, like, we these guys just Bane, well, not Bane, Ball. Yeah, Bale. Bale, thank <laughs> you. I can't get that one right. Really. But, like, we keep hearing about the same ones over and over. It's like, I wish one time they would either just have one be the main baddie again and then just have all this new stuff in between. Like, it's just, and again, like, it's cool to, I know, for yeah, so fans. I'm, I'm one of two ways. Like, I like that we hear and we see the statues of Diablo, Bale, and Mephisto. And, you know, Mephisto's in this game. He's just more of, like, a helper, but not really. You know, I mean, he'll man. probably be the main villain in the next one, possibly. Yeah, who knows? But I do agree with you. That's why Lilith was a... That was what was so intriguing. Like, she's and, new. By the way, Act 6, that CG with her fight scene with Inarius... Holy crap, was that awesome. Like, oh my goodness, was that amazing. But here is my other complaint. Oh. The first time you meet Anarius is super freaking cool. Amazing. You don't see him he, till Act 6. He also just kind of became like a... Like, it, it felt like... You know, that, that's a really good way of wording it too, right? Is They almost did with him what I th- was afraid they were going to do with Lilith, where he shows up and then he's just gone. Yeah, and I thought they were going to do that with her, too. She at least popped up every once in a while in stories. But that's a good point. Like, they had a really special-looking character with him. You thought I mean, we did there. get to see him, the flashbacks leading up to uh, the necromancer who died, Lilith's son. So we got to see that him talking to his son. And like, I'm going to kill you because mm-hmm. he's freaking crazy, basically. Yeah. So that is a complaint of mine. But that, that scene where they do fight and then they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And when you... when he thinks he kills Lilith and he's like why aren't why am I not going to heaven I did this for you like this should be my atonement like that scene is mm-hmm. so freaking oh, it's good an ama- it's an amazing scene. but I feel like I was a little let down by this it's such a cool dynamic between lovers having a kid killing the kid mm-hmm. and there could have been more I guess yeah, yeah you know and even like the the level design right so like what what is it that point where like you're in the world where like Lilith is like she's the backdrop where her eyes are watching you and stuff. oh yeah, so yeah. They, they definitely have fun and get clever with some new stuff to kind of help keep it fresh but I would even argue I can't I, I think the the positive to the story for me is 
it, you could actually see why Lilith did what she did. Yeah. And which I liked, but it also felt like for some reason her ending was anticlimactic for me. It, it just felt like she, you brought her in as this all powerful, just unbelievably strong being. And I'm not sure the fight with her, it almost felt rushed in a weird way with the way that it was set up towards the end. And it was like all of a sudden, oh, okay, this is the boss fight. Here we go. And when I beat her, it was kind of just like, and I don't, again, it, that's always the tricky part, right? Like you have a badass looking villain. How do you make the fight measure up to what it feels like she's doing in this universe? But it just felt like she was just this unstoppable force who had like, she was dedicated to this cause, destroyed everything in her path. You know, I have this, I think what you're going through is my same thing I have in a lot of mediums, whether it's TV shows, whatever. The boss is so cool, but you can't drag out a fight scene too long. Yeah. But every single time when I think about, I think about movies where I see them like do the fight like last stab at the boss, I'm like, oh man, they're going away. Like, like yeah. that yeah. that drives my motivation. But obviously, the game has to have a resolution. But, uh, but I guess resolution, the, right? But there is there are games that do that boss justice, right? It's like maybe you have a fight and then you find that there's another weakness or some character you've been haven't seen from in forever shows up to help give a gotcha yeah. and you're like oh my gosh yeah like you're motivated for it where this was just you kind of i got her understanding like hey we need to remove all this nonsense of them coming I think back. I know what it is hmm. it's because you took away technically her choice like yeah. you like you got mephisto right you mm-hmm. so you took away her power and then it just goes down to all right. Well, now I got to kill you mm-hmm. because my goal of taking Mephisto's power as Lilith is like, all right. Well, now I have no choice. You you took that choice away, so I'm just gonna turn around and kill you. You know what? That actually that's a good point. Maybe it's the choice got removed before the fight. Yeah, that's probably it. So if it would have been like you fight her, she's and then she's they have kind of hurt. Yeah, they have a CG at the end, and then like you get the resolution from the fight in CG and you get to see what happens where this was like, it was, and maybe that's, that's, I hadn't actually thought about it like that before. Cause that was in the inevitability of, I saw what happened. Okay. Now we're fighting her. And it just felt like a, okay, well this is the main boss. There fight. could have been, even if it ended the same way it does now, there's the thought of what's going to happen with Mephisto after I beat Lilith, or is Lilith going to come and grab Mephisto's power, and then I'm going to yeah. do a second fight or something that, like that's that? That's a really good point, because like, the thing is, too, is like if the fight is done right, you're a little sweaty or a little bit like your heart rate's going from the fight if it's done right, and then then you're like, your heart's beating, you're seeing the stuff on scene. Like, what's going to happen? On the screen. Yeah, you're waiting to see what happens, where this was like that all was in front of it, and then you fought her. And it's like you were fought... You were basically fighting someone who was like, oh, well, I'm done. Like, Yeah, you, like you, you, her goal is yeah, cut off. It almost felt like we were the villain. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I like that boss fight. I think it's really good. Like, mm-hmm. I like her moveset. I like the imagery, that room and everything. But I do wonder if that, I'm ever going to fight the Uber version of her. it would be level 100. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think it's about the choice. I think I felt the same way, and it didn't click until you told me what you didn't like about it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's That was really well said. I, I, we kind of helped each other out there, I guess. But <laughs> that that is so true. That would be my complaint about... Because, again, I can't... All the marketing for that entire game leading up to it was Lilith. like... And I think she it was lived the open up to world it. in Lilith. Yeah, and I think she lived up to that image. Mm-hmm. I think the scenes we get, her motivations... Oh, like, there are, that's, there's some iconic ones. Yeah, in there. yeah, it's so good. 
But the, the <laughs> speaking of side characters, we've discussed this off uh, podcast, but we should probably cement it here. Why would you let the girl go with the soul stone? Yeah, literally that. I don't know what it was about that character in general. It just felt like it, you know, again, voice acted. She was fine. It's just she always came up and like the things that were happening to her is like, why did this happen? But yeah, the idea that we just let her go is such a stupid plot point. And the problem is this is the plot because you know what's going to happen. They're going to come out with an expansion. There's going to be a badass freaking CGI trailer. You'll be like, yeah, this is awesome. But in the back of my head now, I'm going to be like, well, this wouldn't be happening if we would have done the logical thing and been like, no, you're coming back with us. You can't just go off on your own because, by the way, you have a soul stone. Like, Tim, you have Mephisto yeah. soul stone. Like, I, just, I, also, I do get what they're trying to do. Like, all right, I have to kill Lilith mm-hmm. while you escape. But you should have ran back to Lorath. Yes. Protected her. But we... Yeah. And, who, and who knows? You know what they'll do, hopefully, is there will be a scene at the start of the expansion that will show what happened. Like, maybe she absolutely was on her way to Lorath and something happened. But still, it just... She wrote us a letter and said goodbye. I, like, I I'm know. taking this. I, like, know. It, I don't mind it, but I don't like it. No, see, I, I didn't. I, yeah. I was so disappointed. That irritated me a bunch. I just... It felt like... And I think that would almost be the point, though, to the whole campaign, is it felt like there were points... That we're just like, okay, we got a good base game here. We got things going. This is a game as a, as a service, basically. It's a, we're going to 100% give people content to grind and have fun and play. We just got to just figure out and niche together or stitch together all of the little plot points. And it felt like at times things got dra- were dragged on. I didn't like all the decisions. That was a big one for me. <laughs> I absolutely did not like that. But yeah. Couldn't tell from your, <laughs> from your tone of voice. I do think the side characters overall are actually pretty well done. I think there is some weirdness. It could be the act structure. Like, uh, who is the girl that is the vessel for oh, Endero? Uh, starts with a T. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's Taisa. Taisa? Yeah. T-A-I-S-S-A. Her. So there's some point where you go through the serpent stuff, which is really cool. I thought that was kind of interesting. And she like see that was another part that I, I started. It, it, getting, it dragged. Oh. I agree, but I think what you're doing is interesting. Mm-hmm. But it still dragged for me, which is weird. I don't know how to put a pin in that, but whatever. Uh, so you do the thing for her, and then she like helps you, but then she still becomes the vessel. Or maybe that's five. I don't remember. But there seemed to be like some disconnect of she should have been closer to your party, but she. I feel like she was segregated a little bit off of it, and mm-hmm. I'm just like. This is a weird choice. There was multiple times where there would be side missions and missions throughout the campaign where we were helping a character and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'll meet you guys over here. And you meet them and they got themselves hurt again. And it's just like, it just, it did feel like there was a lot of very sameness to just, okay, we know we got to get the character to walk over to the side of the map. So let's, how do we get them over there? Let's have an intermediate plot point real quick. And I just, which sometimes those can be good little side jumps and whatever side ones, but it, there were times where it felt like the campaign writers just you could feel them plotting the campaign along a little bit and it wasn't as strong as a lot of other single player games that I've seen out there yeah I agree and you know this person being very integral we're uh, going back to the other lady at the end that took Mephisto's soul stone Narel. I like her buildup, losing the mother, you know, she loses her hand. Like, there's a lot of... It's an interesting 
character arc for her to come to it. I just don't know if she would have been like, all right, I'm just going to take this and leave. Mm-hmm. So like all the way up to that, I it's believable unless she's being corrupted, right? From Mephisto himself. But see, the, again, though, I would argue. So this is where, because there are some games, I like mystery at the end. It's fun to do that. But it feels like I think that's where character development is really important in a long they wanted, campaign. They wanted to make this character important, which I think up to that point, she was an interesting character, mm-hmm. but I feel like what you've shown doesn't make sense character-wise but I, I guess for the, the decision. Yes, but I guess the argument that I was making is if as clearly as the writer of the campaign, you know the player in the moment doesn't know this is going to be an important character piece, right? But you know they're eventually going to be. So I, I feel like what you should do is sprinkle in some hints about... Okay, maybe there's times like she used to run away from home or like she's terrible responsibility. Just like little side things that we're like, I don't care about this. But then so we have the, oh, is that why she left sort of thing? Do you think because they did say like her mother always dragged her around and blah, it doesn't really make sense. I feel like it should have, if it worked, it would be like this abandonment to her mother. But the problem is she goes back to her mother to resurrect her. So you kind of got to. You cut off that, which I thought we then that's we solved that issue. That yeah, exactly. Sort of so yeah. the abandonment thing would be yeah. solved for, and, per se. And so, yeah, but man, Lorath, his voice actor, oh, gosh, no, L- Lorath is incredible. That, that's what was the game that you were playing that he was also in uh, Final Fantasy sixteen. Final Fantasy, well. okay, he's, he's, he's having yeah. a great year. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, his voice, he just he could be it forever. Like to me, and listen, this is not being blasphemous. I think he absolutely represented the Deckard Kane esque character yeah. perfectly. Like he. Just right there, right, you know, you're good to go. Do they explain this? Wasn't Decker Kane the last Rodrum? Why is there at least two more now? At <sighs> yeah. least, yeah, I, I will argue that there are many a times where there are intricacies to the Diablo storylines that I don't get everything. And 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 this is maybe an argument for if you're not somebody who is all in for the gameplay and you need the good story. Diablo at times can be a little wonky. Or maybe I'm just forgetting something, but I, I specifically remember, well, I just played Diablo 2. Yeah. Decker Kane's the last Rodrum, and yeah. then I know he had a daughter. Yep. We killed her in three. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, and then how about, uh, what's his name that they brought back? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Men- is it Menchu? No, no. That doesn't sound right. He's from two, right? Yes, it was Meshif. Oh, okay. Or Meshif, yeah. however you want to pronounce it, but yeah. His interaction where he keeps calling Lorath Deckard Kane is probably the funniest bit in this entire game. I love it. That, to me, though, is where... And again, when this happened, those are the type of moments I wish the campaign had more of. Because it's such a heavy topic. You're walking through a world where, like you said earlier, there's cannibals, there's vampires, there's death, there's disease. And it's just like... It's fun to have those tiny little comical moments. And it was brilliant because it ties to a lot of Diablo fans lore. And you're like, oh, you know, that's funny. You're connecting it. And the best part is I love when games do this. Uh, fans of the series, if you did not uh, play the previous games, it would still be an interesting yes. character moment for Lorath because he's like, all right, I'm just not going to correct this guy. Yeah. Whatever. But again, it's also one of those things, though, too, where... If you're someone who has played it, it's the an moment extra bonus. hits harder. Yeah. And, you know, it's also kind of clever. We all did it. We all compared Lorath to Deckard Kane. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so it's kind of cool to have a character acknowledge that. Yes. And, you know, they do kill off our boy. And I think it's, there's so much death in this game. It's kind of ridiculous. But I think another strong point that we haven't even said is I love how the end of every act and Lorath is describing what's going on. Yeah. 
I love those things, dude. I feel like Diablo's always in it. Just a whole, that series has always been pretty good at doing stuff like that. But I think but, this one was just yes. cemented even stronger. I think that would have been even more critical if it was the not open world. Agreed. 100%. No, I, I, I definitely think so. I, I think that's probably going to be my takeaway just from this entire time of playing this game i wouldn't say the game definitely didn't let me down i was impressed while i played it the entire mm -hmm. time that it came out it doesn't need to be open world but i'm okay with it being yeah. open world uh, and i think though that i could foresee a future where i mean again it's obscene for me to say it because i've put in so much time already but like i'm not sure this game's gonna have the legs that diablo 3 had for me it's possible that i just wore myself out on diablo 3 and so i need a little bit of a break but I'm definitely planning on playing season two. Uh, I don't know how much longer I'm going to play season one. I, I just, I don't have, I have not had a single moment yet where I've been motivated to hit a hundred. I have a couple of unique drops that I would really like for my rogue that I'm playing to really, really buff the character up. But yeah, I don't know. There, there's something missing that doesn't get me to, you know what? I was talking to my buddy about this the other day where the thing that was interesting about Diablo three was you were always progressing in level. You technically have the Paragon board, but when you got to a certain point, when you were like doing your grinding of jumping into the, I already forgot what they were called, but whatever the, the dungeons were in that game, when you got to the bottom and you left, there was a, a guy you would talk to and it would close the portal. And there was like that finality to it. In the Nightmare Dungeons, which is what you're grinding the most at the end game, is you go do it, you kill the boss, you get your little thing and you power up your glyph and then you warp back to town. And then that's it though. The, your portals are still open. You could go back into the nightmare. There's no, like, it's not closed. And so it just stays there. And there's this weird loop where you're like, okay, I, I did do the glyph, right? I leveled it. Like there's no finality to it. It's like you could actually, mm. you could actually forget to level your glyph and just leave. And there's nothing telling you, hey, you got to close this thing. You just go and load up another nightmare dungeon and go warp to it and go. And there's that weird thing where it's like it just doesn't feel like there's as much finality to everything and so because of that there are times where i'm like did i do anything in my playthrough today like okay i leveled three paragon levels and i'm close to gaining a level and then that was kind of it and so i i just i'm a little nervous and i'm which is why i'm so curious to see what they do for season two that i might have to put it on the shelf after a little while which again if like we've stated before this might be the year to do that there's been so many games <laughs> And you've already spent 186 hours in the game. Yeah. I think you got your fill. And yes. that, that's one thing. I got know, my money's worth. I spent 52 hours in this game. I enjoyed it. I just know it's not for me. And, you know, you and your buddy Ryan, and my buddy Ryan too, uh, you guys are more endgame grinders. And mm -hmm. I'm okay with me playing through. My motivation to get through this game is to see the story, resolutions, how things shake up. And that's okay. And for those of you who have been around for at least season three, we always end with a unique scenario. Scenario? <laughs> scenario. <laughs> scenario <laughs> question. Again talk. So, Mike, this one maybe is not as clever all the time, but I think it's a talking point that needs to be made for the longevity of me wanting to actually play more. Actually, you know, this is more longevity for me playing. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Yes. I know the scenario. <laughs> who should be the main villain in the expansion of Diablo 4? But the key takeaway is... Who would you like to see, and who do you think is actually going to be? My fear is it's going to be Mephisto, and I don't want it to be. Because I like that he was helping slash antagonizing us. Like He had his own motivations. I thought that was very cool. 
can I just add on? Because literally that's my exact guess. I think that's what's going to happen. Why I would not want that to happen is I like his character the way that it is. And I think it would be fun to see us keep interacting with him. He's kind of like this character that just is intertwining throughout all the different seasons and expansions and things like that. So I would agree with that 100%. But I think they're going to go Mephisto. Yeah. And it's weird because we just talked with... I want it to be Diablo. But my problem is... Is an expansion worthy of the gravitas of Diablo? And we fought Diablo, you know, <laughs> a bunch of times since here. But I don't know if the expansion does it justice, so I'm not sure on that. How many it, expansions do you think there'll be? Just one, two. I want to say there's going to be two to three, but I it depends how much. I think it definitely depends on the season numbers, how many concurrent players there are. I think that that'll judge how much they're going to do before moving on to a sequel because we know this game is going to get a sequel because it sold very very well what would be cool if it was something new which they did do for diablo 3's uh expansion with that uh death angel knight mm-hmm. i can't uh, Mal- malthus malthus Ma- uh Mal- Malpheus? Malpheus? Something like that so, yeah i keep wanting to say i Malfoy thought that here. was super cool which is kind of how Ma- Inari- mafiel mafiel Matthew. <laughs> I feel like Something I'm saying with it. I feel like my tongue is like doing some like <laughs> thing that I can't control. But you know, actually what I think, so I want something different or Diablo, but I don't know if Diablo does it justice, but it's literally his name of the game. So that'd be kind of cool. But something I think that would be very cool, which technically they had in this game is a half demon, half angel. So kind of go with like Lilith's son could have been, mm-hmm. but they killed him off screen and all that, which I thought was interesting. I like that dynamic. But I like that it would be a a continuation of Lilith's motivation that this is neither bad nor good, but this is the way they have set it up and I want to change it. If something was a creation of both sides, you could then continue that thread. Here's what I want to happen, Okay. I agree with you, an expansion with Diablo could be tough. That being said, I want Diablo. Yeah. But, but, there's a second expansion. I want the ending of this one to be in a, there is a moment where we get the redemption arc for Lilith. And there's a point when Diablo falls, something happens that Lilith is granted power. And basically the way that it ends is she's middle fingering everybody and says, basically screw all of you. It's my time. I'm not going to give you the option to save. I'm the reason we didn't save. Now you have to deal with me sort of thing. And she becomes the uber crazy evil version that I was hoping she would be in the main campaign for the expansion. And we get so to like, she takes Diablo's powers or, basically, something? or yes. maybe she takes bales. Yeah. So basically to the point of she wanted us to stop the cycle. And because we didn't, she's going to become part of the cycle and we have to deal with it now. And I think it would be fun to see her, have a horde of minions just, you know, again, just see a more evil version of her than we even got. Which is funny because you didn't like that take at the end of this game where she just basically became an evil person because we took her choice away. Yes, but this time she's choosing to be evil. Gotcha. So she she basically, it's almost like that redemption arc where she gets that shot to be Which like, I'm the, done so with So it's this. like the opposite redemption yes. arc. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because, you know... We killed her, but she's not gone because they always get reborn or their souls are still around unless we kill the soul stones, but then they can still come back. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You can't kill them. Yeah. So I would be okay with that. And now an argument can be made. It would be fun to what more most likely what's going to happen is we're going to get Mephisto and then it'll end with Diablo. I'm assuming that's what will happen. 
and, and Bale just be a side character, or just not involved yeah, at all. I guess I don't know. It'll be interesting. They, how they did do that. make it very specific. These are the three primevals. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, maybe, or maybe you do one where it's Mephisto and Bale kind of fighting back and forth in one expansion, and then Diablo I'd be okay with comes that. In the end and says, "Shut the hell up, all you two. I'm the young brother, but I'm <laughs> yeah. coming in." It's like I got the energy to deal with this young whippersnapper. That right there would sell me on Mephisto being a big baddie if it mm-hmm. was like Bale and Mephisto fighting over for territory instead How of cool working would it be to like you get to like pick a side. <laughs> be like, I want to screw the world over with your ideas. <laughs> Because that would be interesting because, you know, they've always helped each other. But mm-hmm. Mephisto in this one's like, I need not you not to help my daughter. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to screw her over. So- I do kind of like, that's why, but see, and I think though, to your point, that's why I agree. Mephisto's character is just really fun dealing with like, he's really snarky, he's clever, and he's always got like an agenda. You're not sure 100% what it is. <laughs> and he so just wants to come back. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I kind of like that side of him. I'd maybe like to keep that. But yeah. So I think it is going to go Mephisto. But I don't want it to. But if it goes Mephisto, Bale, kind of fighting over this new territory, that's super cool. I would really like a new character. I'd really like Diablo. But I mm-hmm. don't know if they can do the build like the up. Half demon. Half yeah, like something new that continues the thread line of out with the old, in with mm-hmm. the new type of yeah. thing. So and, we'll see what happens. And then I, I would just put it in, like, obviously, the, the choice at the end of the day is, like, at some point, there has to be an expansion that's all about Diablo because the CGs for that and the buildup for that is like Diablo's coming back yet again. Make them badass. Figure I mean, something out. I just think about Diablo 3 where the girl, Decker Kane's daughter, turns into Diablo and like knocking on Heaven's door. Like, that's oh, so good. Like, so good. And the now one you, thing. Now you got the song stuck in my head. Yeah, one thing. I knew you were going to say something like that. It's just that, that brother ESP or something <laughs> like that. Uh, what I've found, which is funny because I'm not very excited for this next expansion, probably because it's probably going to be a waste way, but I generally like the expansions. I mm-hmm. really loved Bales in 2, and I really liked Malthus, whatever it's called. Mathiel, I think is how you uh, in it. In 3, I think that was one of the better acts, and yep. I think in... They, yeah, because Lords of the Destruction, they, they seem to do a pretty good job with their expansions. So I'm... I'm I should, I would, be, I I would should argue, be optimistic about that. Then. I would argue the campaigns were always infinitely better than the main campaign in the expansions. Maybe infinitely uh, is going I, too far, but I would it's say still good. it diversifies and builds on what came before, so it mm-hmm. feels very new but also very different. I kind of feel like that it's a blizzard. Literally thing. the same thing. It also feels very new, but still what you have played. There we go. Agreed. I, I feel like Blizzard as a whole is pretty good at that. Because like, yeah. look at all the StarCraft games. And they just make very cool villains, mm-hmm. right? Bale and that demon angel. Like, Tyrael's like, oh, crap, he's alive. <laughs> like, I'm all here for it. <laughs> okay, let's wrap this one up, brother. <laughs> there you go. It's done. Diablo 4, go play it or don't. Let us know what you think. And, man, what boss do you want to be in the first Diablo 4 expansion? Because we know we're getting it. Or maybe we won't, just like Halo Infinite. They're just not giving us any story content. Don't do that, Blizzard. 